Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Welcome, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm Al Melchior, your host. And uh, if you haven't checked your calendars already, just to remind you, it is Tuesday with Modica, Matt Modica, on the show today. Matt Modica, are you on the show today? I'm here, Al. <laughs> you had me worried for about half of a second there. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here every Tuesday with you, buddy. Uh, I appreciate it. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. And uh, so we do have a lot to talk about. I've decided uh, to pick today. I'm not exactly sure why, but to take a look at uh, a bunch of the players who, you know, now that we're eh, getting close to a quarter of the way through the season, still haven't really kicked it into gear yet. I, I think part of the reason that I picked today is it just seems like I'm getting a lot of questions in the last day or two about guys like Michael Conforto, Matt Carpenter, Ian Desmond, Ian Happ, maybe other guys named Ian, I'm not sure. But um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll go over uh, a lot of those players today and uh, kind of check check our pulses on where we stand with them. Uh, we had a whole bunch of two-homer performances on Monday on what was otherwise a pretty small and, and not really notable slate. We'll take a look. Some of those uh, come from some interesting sources. And uh, we've got, uh, of course, a uh, lot of news to get to. So, um, you know, Matt, this is this is the part of the job that I hate when you have a story that's bigger than baseball and more important than baseball, fantasy, or real. Um, and yet there's a fantasy angle that people want to know about. But uh, Roberto, Roberto Osuna, uh, according to Toronto Police, was arrested this morning and charged uh, with assault on a woman. Uh, this was initially reported by The Athletic Toronto. Uh, Ozuna has a court date scheduled for June 18th. And Major League Baseball uh, is not only expected to review uh, Ozuna's situation, but he's already been placed uh, placed on leave, um, administrative leave. I just wanted to make sure I got the, the exact term right. And the Blue Jays have already put out a statement saying that they're aware of uh, MLB's decision and support it. And um, that's uh, pretty much where it stands right now. So, uh, of course, people... Want to know who's going to close in, in Toronto? But uh, you know, I—I I mean, I don't know really what this means in the. Uh, well, I mean, he's on on leave, so obviously, at least in the short term, uh, Blue Jays are going to need a closer. Yeah, it's uh, like I said. The main thing you mentioned is the fact of why he's been placed on leave. That's the most important thing here. But the fantasy angle for me is, I'd assume initially it's O. Uh, I know Ryan Tepra is an option as well, but I'm really not sure. Right now, we're just speculating 
Uh, for me, if I had to make a, a judgment call right now, I'm going to say, oh, but uh, I mean, you can't discard Tepper. Yeah, and I actually, I you know, I was going to go the other way on this one based on the usage patterns, which you know, it doesn't give us a, a super strong indication, but it seems like Tepera has been more of the the eighth inning guy, and I think maybe a little better too, because uh, O's just never really gotten back to where he was uh, in his first season with the Cardinals two years ago. But uh, I think it was Greg Jewett. I hope I'm giving credit where it's it's appropriate here. Um, tweeted out that it, it could be a, uh, and this was, again, speculative, but that it could be a committee situation. So, uh, you know, that certainly makes sense to me, too. So I, I would, yeah, that, I would move make, cautiously. That could, be a possi- uh, that could be a possibility. I think if one guy is doing a good job in the eighth and the other guy has the experience, we know how managers love that uh, past experience. That's the only reason I give O the slight lean. Yeah, well, uh you know, I take the point about the the past experience and how that that may uh, be weighted, but yeah, I, I I personally would move very cautiously on this one because even mm-hmm. if it's that committee, I think there's enough parity maybe uh, is the way to put it between uh, Tapera and O that I think it could be could be a fluid situation. Agree. All right. Uh, well, I was before that news uh, came across. Was going to lead off the show uh, talking about Matt Harvey. Uh, according to Jerry Krasnick of ESPN, there are four or five teams interested in Harvey. And so not surprisingly, uh, the Mets are confident that they're going to be able to move him. And, and that report came from uh, Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. The Mets would be willing to pick up the vast majority of Harvey's salary, uh, which is, uh, according to Rosenthal, approximately $4.5 million. So it doesn't seem like a prohibitive amount. But then again... I. I'm a little bit surprised by this, and maybe it's just that's how much demand there is for pitching. But from a fantasy perspective, I I can't really get interested in this, to be honest. When the season started, my view on Harvey is could really be on any end, either end of the spectrum. Uh, after last season, maybe he rebounds, maybe it's a health thing. But given what we've seen from him so far, I, I'm just not interested in Matt Harvey. Uh, am I being maybe too close-minded about this? No, I, I think you're being spot on. I had uh, my thought ending in the season was he was a late reserve round pick, more of a lottery ticket if things went right. But uh, I think Harvey needs to take a look in the mirror too and get himself reinvested in baseball and make that the forefront. I, I don't look, the Mets are going to be on the hook for this money regardless. So that's really not the issue. But I mean, what is the team really going to give up for Matt Harvey at this point? I can't see, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, maybe I guess the Mets picking up, uh, you know, maybe about $4 million or in that neighborhood uh, certainly helps and, and minimizes whatever risk there is. But, uh, well, yeah. Al, if, if, he, if, he, if he was after whatever the seven days it is or ten days, if he does get his release and somebody picks him up, don't they get him for like the league minimum? And the Mets yes. are on the hook for that anyway, so. I'm just I'm a little perplexed here. Well, you and me both. So it's good good to have us on the same page. And maybe it's just that yesterday was a slow day and maybe it's been a slow couple of days and so uh, it just it seems like there's there's been more buzz about this. And maybe it, you know, maybe because it's New York too. Uh maybe kind of uh gives it more visibility maybe if this was the Royals or the the Twins uh 
we wouldn't be hearing quite as much about it. I don't know. I agree. I, I think that that has a little bit to do with it. And, and just the, the Dark Knight aura that once surrounded Matt Harvey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you Darvish has been placed on the 10-day DL with the flu. And, you know, I don't know how long this has been an issue for Darvish. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you've seen maybe uh, more reporting on this than I have. But I do have to wonder. He had uh, the really good start on April 27th against the Brewers. Uh, where he didn't give up an earned run over six innings, looked like finally he was turning the corner, and then followed that up with that miserable start against the Rockies. And I have to wonder if maybe he wasn't feeling tops for that start. I mean, it's now six days ago since he made that start. But, uh, and of course, Cubs going with a uh, a spot starter today because uh, it would have been Darvish's turn. So, uh, I don't know, just a theory. But how, how are you feeling about you, Darvish, flu or no flu uh, going forward? Uh, I think he can't be as bad as he's been. Uh, I still had him as a top 20 pitcher, but towards the uh, end point of that, I think 18th or 19th. But, I mean, it it was a bad beginning. It got better with that start, as you mentioned, against Milwaukee. Uh, And from what I think it was Jake Sealy mentioned it a couple hours ago um, on FST today, saying that it's a severe case of the flu. And I think with that, Topped upon the 14-inning affair they had Sunday night with St. Louis, I think it made them easily just put them on the 10-day. Interesting. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That you know maybe it wasn't a no-brainer, but circumstances dictated it. So uh, anyhow, so Darvish not starting uh, tonight against the Marlins. Uh, also in some Cubs news, uh, Javier Baez had to leave yesterday's game against the Marlins early. He's been diagnosed with uh, right groin tightness, according to the Chicago Tribune. I have not seen a Cubs lineup yet. I would, would assume that Baez is not going to be in it, however. Uh, and I, yeah, no, uh, wouldn't expect that either. That's a that's a uh, 7.05 Central time start, uh, so we may not see that one by the end of the hour. However, we do have the Red Sox lineup. And the very, very good news is that Mookie Betts is in it and he's leading off. So That is fantastic news, Al. <laughs> that really <laughs> is. And he, I believe he got hurt. Somebody was throwing the ball as he was like going into second or rounding second or something like that. So hopefully it was just more of a bruise than anything. Yeah, I would guess so. So uh, we'll you know keep our eyes on that. Red Sox at Yankees uh, tonight, seven oh five at Yankee Stadium, and just looking at that lineup to see if there's anything else noteworthy. And um, no Mitch Moreland, so you've got you know pretty much the the classic lineup in there with Mookie Betts in it. So uh, good deal there for the Mariners or for the for the Mariners for the Red Sox. That was weird. Uh, on uh, Adrian Beltre, we also have some good news uh, from. 105.3 the fan in Dallas that uh da- John Daniel Dan- excuse me John Daniels says that he thinks there's a good chance that Beltre is going to uh return either today or Wednesday in that Rangers uh series uh against the Tigers and let me just check real quick and see if I've got an update there that's also a 705 central start so yeah no lineups for either of those teams in that game, but just be on alert that Adrian Beltre is on the verge of coming back. Rugnet Odor worked out uh, for the Rangers and uh, will go back to his rehab assignment starting today at AAA Round Rock. So some pretty good news there for Rugnet Odor. 
The Twins, uh, who are playing the Cardinals right now as we speak, they want to see how Byron Buxton deals uh, with a uh, workout today. They're going to have him run the bases. And uh, the plan, the tentative plan anyways, is to have him fly with the team to Anaheim and uh, that uh, he won't undergo a rehab assignment. All that coming from Mike Berardino of the Minneapolis, or I'm sorry, the uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Got my Twin Cities papers mixed up there. Davey Martinez says that Ryan Zimmerman feeling better today, but wanted to give him a day off, according to Masson. And uh, don't don't look for Zimmerman to be in the Nationals lineup in the next couple of days. Padres going to be starting a couple of lefties, so uh, maybe we see him come back for this weekend. Um, according to Hank Schulman of the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, Mac Williamson went to Pittsburgh to see a con- concussion specialist and Hunter Pence has backed off his rehab because he's dealing with a sore thumb. So neither is expected back soon. Luke O'Hara was just called up earlier today. He's going to be in the Braves bullpen. That was first reported by the Atlanta journal constitution and had been signaled a couple days ago. And in other uh, reliever news, the Phillies called up Sir Anthony Dominguez yesterday and he made his debut. So that's pretty cool. That's a cool. And name. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, yeah, uh, Matt. No, I'm just saying that's a cool name, Sir Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. Uh, that is a cool name. Very cool name. Uh, and uh, also, in, in very good news uh, here, uh, Danny Farquhar has been discharged from the hospital, uh, discharged from Rush University Medical Center. Uh, so back back at home. Uh, that's terrific news for Danny Farquhar. Uh, the, the White Sox released a statement, and part of that included uh, a note that uh, Farquhar is not going to be medically released to pitch in a competitive game for this year, which is, I think, what you know we all would have expected, uh, but that uh, was was verified uh, by the team. So uh, let's see. We do, uh, we're do. we back to a full slate today after, I don't know, kind of a boring Monday, Matt. So <laughs> good to It actually have- was kind of a boring Monday. I mean, unless you had Matt Adams late, we had a couple of home runs and stuff like that, but kind of quiet. Yeah, pretty quiet. Oh, yes, a couple of two-homer performances that we'll talk about later on, uh, but uh, full swing today. Like I said, we got Twins Cardinals. It's now 5-1 Twins, by the way, uh, in the fifth inning. We're now in the sixth inning, uh, but back in the fifth, fifth inning, Cardinals made a couple of errors to uh, allow the Twins to open up that lead a little bit. So it's now 5-1. Red Sox and Yankees, I mentioned, that's Drew Pomeranz and Luis Severino. And we have no lineups yet for Royals-Orioles, Giants-Phillies, or Mariners-Blue Jays, but those are all just after 7 o'clock Eastern starts. We've got 7-10 at the Trop. Braves and Rays, we've got both of those lineups out. And you got uh, the DH playing in the AL Park. So Jose Bautista in the familiar or at least more familiar role than third base, a <laughs> familiar role of DH. And at third, you got Charlie Culberson. So uh, with the lefty, Blake Snell pitching for the Rays, no uh, uh, no Ryan Flaherty. So Newcomb and Snell, and then Rays lineup. Uh, looks like pretty much your standard lineup against lefties. No uh, Wilson Ramos for the Rays. And then the only other lineup we've got out right now, Matt, is Reds hosting the Mets. That is Luis Castillo against Jason Vargas. And uh, the odd outfielder out today is Jesse Winker. So you got Shebler and uh, 
slugger Billy Hamilton, batting ninth. Hamilton homered yesterday. And uh, Duval uh, in left. Otherwise, looking like a pretty normal Reds lineup. Uh, Devin Miseraco catching Luis Castillo in that one. And no weather issues whatsoever uh, for all these games today. Uh, no major chance of precipitation anywhere. So go set those lineups. Good deal. Yes. So Hopefully um, Louis Castillo has a big game. <laughs> I, I'm a Met fan, but I need him to pitch well. I got, I, I'm invested. <laughs> so how do you usually come down in that situation, the home team versus the, the fantasy team? Uh, it depends. If it was the end of the season and I, had, I could win money, I'm going to root for me all the time. But like tonight, <laughs> if uh, Castillo goes seven innings, allow one run, that's perfect. You know, that would be... That would be the ideal way to go. All right. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know that I'm consistent on that one either. Uh, <laughs> always really difficult to, uh, to have to choose. Uh, anyhow, that's going to wrap up this segment, but we will uh, just take a short break here. And on the other side of it, Matt and I are going to take a look at some of the slow starters, and we'll let you know how we think their rest, the rest of their seasons are going to turn out. So stick around. We will be right back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. everybody this is the fantasy baseball hour i'm your host al melchior and joining me today for the show the whole show matt modica because it is tuesdays with modica so uh matt you ready to uh take a look at some players who've been a little bit stinky so far this year yes i am al i'm already let's do this all right i'm, I'm gonna give you just one more minute to, to make sure you're you're totally ready for the the stench, uh, <laughs> uh, because first, uh, God, just uh, share with you a quick note here about DailyRoto.com Dollar Month. I'm sure you've heard about it here on the network, but I wanted to put it just in some extra context for you. Now, let's say you buy a lottery ticket. You pay your dollar. You pick a bunch of numbers. That's it. Then you clutch the ticket and you hope. But now let's say that you try DailyRoto.com's Dollar Month. You pay your dollar. You get access for 30 days, and you are transported into a world that's produced five millionaires. So take destiny into your own hands. Go to dailyroad.com and enter the code $1, O-N-E, all one word, all spelled out. That's dailyroad.com, and enter that code one more time, $1. All right. Uh, well, let's kick this off with a listener Twitter question. Um, certainly fits the topic. Uh, this is from uh, Dave Anderson, frequent listener, uh, occasional Twitter questioner. Um, 
He asks, uh, should he drop Matt Carpenter for Ryan Healy? Healy? Healy was better than Carp last year, and Healy's projected 2018 stats show more power and a better average per ESPN. Needless to say, needless to say Carp is very frustrating. Do we think he's going to come around? Um, so let's, I guess let's go backwards here because I think our opinions on Carpenter obviously inform that uh, possible transaction. So do you think uh, Carpenter's a good rebound candidate? I think he's got to get better as bad as I believe under 200. I think he's a guy that kind of ruined himself by changing his swing. I know we love the fly ball percentage and the hard hit, but I think he was pretty good prior. And, you know, I the, my main concern with Carpenter has been health over these past couple of seasons with the shoulder. I think a little bit of a back issue as well. So I think he's going to get better, but I still have some concerns. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, for me, this is really a dilemma because um, I like Carpenter. I think there are some good signs. I think the the reasonable concerns that people maybe have about his shoulder, especially if you watch him try to throw from third base, uh, are they're allayed a little bit when you look at the amount of hard contact that he still makes at the plate. So I think all things being equal, I would just say write it out with Carpenter. Um, I mean, I don't love the strikeout rate, but I, you know, I would kind of go with the longer term record. But he's he's not playing all the time against lefties. Um, the thing he's got the uh, the luxury of you know using Jerko. Um, so I worry about playing time for Carpenter. I mean, it, pound for pound, I would much rather have Carpenter than Ryan Healy. But uh, I'd say I tell you what, I think. Certainly a shallower league, like 10-team, I would do that. I think 12-team and anything deeper. I, I just I wouldn't feel right yet about dropping Matt Carpenter. But I, I'd watch it real carefully and see what the playing time is for him. I think going forward, they're both going to have like similar averages. Maybe Carpenter gets a little better. I don't think he's that average hitter he was years ago. Nah. And uh, Healy has got like almost a 45% fly ball percentage. He's hitting it hard, around 40% as well, similar to Matt Carpenter. So if I want power, I think Healy can give you some more power. I think his playing time is more guaranteed. And I know he got banged up in uh, spring training and right after the season began, but he seems to be fully healthy right now. So for me, I hate to say it, but I'm going to go Healy here. Wow. Okay. Um, so pretty much any format, shallow, deep. Pretty Billy's much. Like I said, I think there are signs that Carpenter is going to break out. I think if you look at his X stats and stuff like that, you see, <laughs> and as I mentioned, the BABIP is under 200. I, I, I'm laughing because I, I was like, I, I had that all queued up, ready to go if you didn't <laughs> mention it. That, uh, next stats is value hit rate is like three percentage points higher than it was last year. And it was high last year. So, I mean, he's he's making legitimate hard contact. Um, but that doesn't do you very well if you're sitting on the bench every few games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Dave, we, we didn't really solve this problem for you because we're, we're kind of split. I mean, I guess between the two of us, we're sort of leaning Healy. But uh, maybe that'll, that'll help you decide. It's, it's, uh, pretty all right. much, it's, it's pretty much a challenge, pick up, add, drop kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, it's. I think it's going to be close either way. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. We got a 
bunch of hitters and a few pitchers too. Uh, Michael Conforto, uh, he may really be the the inspiration for this segment because I've been getting a lot of questions about him the last few days, and understandably so. And I I, I put him in sort of the same camp as uh, as Carpenter. Um, you have to worry about health with Conforto. You uh, have to worry a little bit about playing time with Conforto. And yet you go to X stats or you look at any of the peripherals and it looks like everything's just fine and dandy. Yeah. The thing here is I stayed away. I'm a Met fan. I want Conforto to be their next star and all that. But it's a, it was a significant injury that he suffered last year. Came back sooner than expected. But there's a difference hitting home runs in spring training and on the backfields than doing it in games against major league pitchers. I'm not saying, like, everything you're pointing out, when you, when you dive deeper, things look okay. I think he does get it turned around. If you drafted him, uh, you hold on to him. I just, uh, unfortunately, I just stayed away this year. I thought, you know, the, the shoulder, it was, too, it was too big of a thing for me to overlook. You know, I, I did too, and early on, like maybe after my first mock draft or two, I was like, wow, the value of Michael Conforto is so good this year. I'm going to own him everywhere, and then I wound up drafting him nowhere because when it came down right to it to, uh, you know, click click the draft button, I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if he's going to be okay. Yeah, so, here's and how long where, yeah. where Conforto was going, at least in the draft championship, the 50 rounds of like drafted holds that I was doing. Where he was going, and even later on, I mean, Mitch Hanniger was there originally. Would you rather have a healthy? I mean, Mitch Hanniger is no thing of health, but you know, if you got Mitch Hanniger in your team right now, you're feeling a bit better. And it's all about how fully healthy is that shoulder? Is when is the power going to fully come back? That's a question I can't answer. Yeah, and you know, in the case of both Carpenter and Conforto, you got legitimate reasons to worry about their their respective shoulders. And then you look at exit velocity, you look at X stats, you look at hard contact rates on on fan graphs, and all those things seem to confirm that they're healthy. And I don't know if what that means is um, I don't know if what that means is that maybe we we can't fully trust those uh, those metrics. Or you know, or we can trust them, and, and maybe we can't really trust what we're what we're seeing in the you know in the surface stats. I, I'm not sure. I guess I, I tend to lean towards believing the the peripherals. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I like I say, you try and look and see everything. You try and I try and get a few factors in and make the best judgment going forward. All right. Well. You know, I think that's that's a good approach to take there. Uh, now, Ian Happ also been getting a lot of questions about him. Um, in fact, I think I got one about him versus Conforto. I just like Conforto better. Uh, I you know I think Happ, Happ's best tool is the power tool, and I don't think that he's necessarily got an edge on Conforto there. And they both had the uh, Happ doesn't have the health concerns, but I think he still has playing time concerns. I mean, he does have the playing time concerns and. If you look at that, you know, it's like a 45% strikeout percentage. It's god-awful. He did get a vote of encouragement from uh, his manager saying his attitudes remain positive. He's not going down. And if he survives that he does not get demoted, I think he's a guy. He might be the riskiest one of the group because he can get sent down. But I think he has the biggest upside here of the players we mentioned. Because he does have the power. He can steal you 10 bases. And, you know, this is a guy that he doesn't qualify for it, but he'd be among the leaders 
in fly ball percentage. It's over 50%. And he hits the ball extremely hard. Uh, that's around, I think, 42%. And it's going to start getting really warm. I lived in Chicago for four years. And as long as that wind isn't blowing in, those homers are going to be flying out. Uh, yeah, that's, but that's always the question, right? <laughs> but uh, I bounce. He'll have, uh, I think, enough of those days. Uh, for me, it's just a, a question about playing time for him. Uh, now, I don't have those questions with Anthony Rizzo, but he has been a frustrating player. Um, I think we're starting to see some signs of life from him in terms of power. But any sense of what's been wrong with Anthony Rizzo and how soon it's, it's going to get right? Uh, I think we've seen little signs of it starting to get right. I mean, the guy's got a BABIP that's like, you know, a buck 50 or maybe just a little higher than that. This is a proven 30, you know, 90, 100 guy. So on players like this, I'm just really not going to sweat it. It's early. He missed some time with the injury, so I got to factor that in. But uh, if somebody, if you can get him at a bit of a discount because of these reasons, he's somebody I'd actually go out and buy. I mean... I I don't see major differences right now. Yeah, and, and you know, you make a, a good point in, in, you know, saying that, you know, he's been a consistent producer. I mean, in fact, I'm not sure I can think of too many hitters who have been more consistent than Anthony Rizzo the last few years. Um, and, you know, certainly early on, he was having some back issues. The weather was really cold. It seemed like it was cold forever. But even as you go into, you know, the latter part of April, I mean, it's it's pretty ugly. So... Yeah, I'd say the last, really since since the first of May, uh, he's he's turned it around. So hopefully, uh, hopefully those that slump is behind him. Uh, now Brian Dozier, uh, I wanted to make sure to include here because you know we have guys like Carpenter, Conforto. You look at the X stats, and and you could be, uh, you could be reassured that they're just getting ripped off. You're not getting that reassurance with Brian Dozier. <laughs> he's just not no, yeah. hitting with that much power. And. To me, the biggest thing when I look at I me, mean, the fly ball percentage has been what it's been the last few years. That's not the issue. The issue for me is uh, over the past couple of years, like especially two years ago when he made the, made, the, made the big jump with the 40 homers, and even last year he confirmed it, this year the hard hit percentage is down like over 5%, and that's a big shift. Yeah. Now, that is, that is a big shift. He's, you know, very – is pole dependent as you know any hitter I can think of, uh, but somebody pointed out to me on Twitter. I thought this was a really good point. Something I didn't really have in mind when I first put Dozier uh, on the list. He's had several years where he started off really slow, and I know at least one of those was due to injury. But maybe he is just a slow starter. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't just uh, move on from Dozier and. I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't take anything less than his draft day value right now for him if I was going to trade him, if I was in a trade league. I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, look what he did from, like, you know, was 4th of July of the All-Star break on. He just went insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Twins are a good team. If they can get Buxton back, Sano back, and the other pieces like Rosario, Kepler, it's a really good offense. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Once, once that's going to be a, a full steam, uh, both in terms of health and and people uh, getting on track. Uh, yeah, Twins have been surprisingly uh, disappointing. 
Uh, I just want to interject here, Matt, real quick, because I think this is something that's uh, going to be of concern to some folks uh, today, particularly for their daily lineups. The Dodgers just activated Rich Hill. So uh, I know I've been saying, like, don't, don't believe it till you see it. <laughs> so at least they've activated him. I think it's probably safe to, to start, start him now. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I did hear something about where they knew this on Sunday, but he couldn't say because they would what the procedural moves with Kershaw going to the DL or something like that. So I guess whether or not you trust him is one thing, but at least the he'll he'll be there on the mound. It, it does appear now. Uh, we'll get to get to one more hitter, and I want to make sure I leave a, a few minutes for uh, some pitchers here. But uh, Ian Desmond uh, following up a, a pretty bad and, and definitely injury-plagued 2017 season with the Rockies uh, with a, a similarly unproductive season so far this year. Uh, he did homer twice on Sunday. Um, so are you encouraged by Desmond, uh, or do you feel like you can move on from him maybe like in a, in a 12-team league? I've never really been the biggest Ian Desmond guy. Well, at least when he was with the Nationals, I preferred him better, you know, earlier on in his career. The fact that he plays his home games in cores keeps me somewhat interested. And Michael Salfino put out a tweet on Sunday about pretty much the majority of his bats that he led the league in either strikeouts and hits for grounders. And then what does he do Sunday? He hits two homers, one of them off of Noah Syndergaard. So, uh, look, if you if you have him – I don't know if they cut bait yet, but that day's coming soon. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Probably not yet, but maybe not far away. Uh, we'll see if that two-homer game is the, the start of something better for uh, Ian Desmond. And uh, since I think we're down to maybe about three minutes in the segment here, I'm just going to bulk up uh, this uh, – bunch of pitchers that I have here and, and just let you uh, let you freelance on it. Uh, so Chris Archer, who did look very good the last time out, David Price, who did not, uh, Danny Duffy uh, has been disappointed so far this year, and John Lester sort of quietly, we talk about players being quietly good, John Lester's sort of been quietly uh, not, not quite himself so far this year. So um, who stands out, Archer, Price, Duffy, Lester? I mean, it's like Archer. Archer, he's... He's this guy that I mentioned earlier today in the previous show. We keep drafting him based on his peripherals, ERA indicators and everything. He's got like a five-something ERA and like a, a 3X FIP. Uh, I know the strikeouts weren't as plentiful early on. I still believe he's going to get moved to a contender at some point. I still believe that sometime in his career it's going to interject and you're going to get that X FIP that we always salivate over, along with the strikeouts. To me, Archer is one of the better buys you can go after right now. The other three, we suffer from the same problem. The walk rates keep going up on them. It's not a good thing. Fly balls are becoming more uh, prevalent with them as well. So, you know, you're putting more guys on via the free pass, allowing more uh, fly balls. And in, in this day and age, you really, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, Price, I'm, I'm maybe slightly more optimistic for just because I think it might be related. He had the, the numbness in his hands, and mm-hmm. uh, there's also sort of concurrent to that been a change in his release point, which as far as I can tell is, is you know, the, the root of a lot of the problems that he's had the last few starts. But you know, so that could be good or bad, I suppose. But, you know, maybe uh, he can get healthy and get right. Uh, but time, time will tell with uh, David Price. Anyways, uh, so we give time, time for us. 
to head back into another break. And when we come out on the other side of it, we'll talk about the two homer games from several hitters and some standout pitcher performances as well. So stick around. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melkier, and it is Tuesdays with Modica. Matt Modica here with me today. Cold, of ice might have, cold as ice might have worked better in the last segment when we were talking about <laughs> Matt Carpenter and Michael Conforto and uh, David Price. Uh, on this segment, we're actually going to focus mostly on players uh, who have done better lately, uh, particularly on Monday. A uh, bunch hit two homers in the same game. Uh Francisco Romero, or I'm sorry, Fernando Romero. Uh, Francisco Romero must be somebody else. Fernando Romero uh, had a uh, very good uh, start for the Twins. Talk about that in a little bit. Uh, And also just a quick news update here that the Blue Jays have placed Oledmiz Diaz on the DL with his sprained ankle. Just a side note, this would have been really helpful yesterday before lineup lock. I had to (laughs) drop Diaz from two teams, but that's not their concern, I guess. Uh, but that should open up more playing time again for uh, Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, now that Donaldson is back, I think that was maybe a bit in question. But now Diaz on the DL, I think you're going to see uh, Gurriel and Solarte uh, play pretty much every day uh, for the Blue Jays. So we'll get to those uh, standout performances in just a moment. But uh, if you want a chance to win two tickets to a 2018 World Series game, Go to dailyroad.com slash DKMS and take a crack at playing free daily fantasy baseball. You can play every day. It's totally free. And the contests are sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. Every three minutes, an American is diagnosed with blood cancer, and only 30% of all blood donor patients are able to find a compatible bone marrow donor in their own family. So go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS and find out how you can help eradicate blood cancer and, at the same time, play free daily fantasy baseball with a shot at winning two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. All right, Matt, uh, where shall we start? Let's start with Matt Adams, because I saw you tweeted earlier today that you won him with an $81 fab bid. Uh, so was that, that uh, before uh, the, the two-homer performance last night? Yes, it was. It was on Sunday night. Uh, I was just happy to get him, but I'm still skeptical over the long run of the season if he's going to keep this up. I know everybody went crazy about him last year, but he really had one good, like, really good month. The rest of the season wasn't that good, and the Braves moved Freddie Freeman, their franchise player, from first to third for him. So right now I'm going to look to ride the hot streak. I mean, he's a guy I think you should have picked up 
Uh, he's got first base outfield eligibility. I've seen some bids close to the $200 range. That was too rich for me. But I think for like $81 out of 1000 I was cool with that. Okay, because, yeah, uh, I don't remember. I think he went for something, I want to say maybe 90-something in, in Tot Wars. Uh, I'm not really too sure about that. But it was I bid 20, and it was a lot more than that. So I wasn't even willing to go uh, anywhere close to even 80 uh, for, for Adams just because I figure – uh, Adam Eaton could be back in about two weeks or so, and then Adams is back to you know maybe filling in for Ryan Zimmerman twice a week. So uh, that that was just the concern for me. I don't really question the stats he's going to put up when he he plays. I just don't know how much he's going to play uh, looking ahead two week, two or three weeks from now. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I just over the long course of a season, I think he kind of gets exposed. That's really more my thinking. I think with Eaton's injuries and even Zimmerman, they've been really handling him with kid gloves since the beginning of spring training. So I think there's something more there than uh, they're letting out, which they have no reason mm-hmm. to let anybody know of. You know, I, I wouldn't. So he can fall into some playing time, especially with Robles, you know, getting injured in the minors. But I just think over the long haul, he kind of gets exposed more. Yeah, well, uh, you know, that's uh, at first what seems like a tangential point to me, but it's really not about Victor Robles uh, being injured because the assumption, I think, you know, going back to March was, you know, maybe by now he was going to supplant Michael Taylor. And if we were thinking Michael Taylor is sort of being a, you know, very replaceable piece for the Nationals, well, he's not off to a good start. We could have easily included Michael Taylor in that last segment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so maybe. Matt Adams forces, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you want Eaton in center with his ankle banged up uh, or maybe if you want Harper in there, but maybe there's, you know, one of those possibilities allows Adams to play left field. Well, that's what I think saves Michael Taylor is his defense. I mean, he's stealing bases. I think he finally got thrown out for the first time this weekend by Jorge Alfaro. But otherwise, you know, it's the defense and the speed that's what he's done for this team. Uh all the other batting components have not been there. All right. All right. Well, uh, Ian Happ, we mentioned uh, in the last segment, he did have a two-homer game against the Marlins. So I think that gives him five on the season. Uh, I and I think true. four of the five came in two-homer games. I'm doing this off of memory, Matt. Does that sound right to you? It, it does sound about right. Remember, he started the season off with that home run and then went on to strike out like every other at-bat or every at-bat almost. Yeah, he does have five home runs on the season, and uh, okay, no, he did not have another two-homer game earlier, but he's, yeah, started very early uh, uh, with the homer. Oh, it was a homer on the first pitch of the season, now that I'm remembering. Mm-hmm. That's what it was notable about. It was the first pitch of the season from Jose Arena and homered and really did not do a lot from his second pitch forward until last night. So Yeah, no, but I do like I do think if there's somebody to gamble on, if he gets the playing time, I like the overall skill set in today's game. Yeah, I you know, I mean I, I certainly liked him going into this year. Um I think I've I've just, you know, gone a little a little sour on him because of the, the, the mm-hmm. bad start. The fact that on Joe Madden team it just seems like he can't afford that. But by the same token, if he gets hot, uh that can reverse itself, I think, very quickly given how fluid uh, Madden can be with his lineups. Uh, now, Odubel Herrera had a two-homer game against the Giants, and uh, that was uh, 
kind of a, a one-sided slugfest there. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later with uh, Jeff Margin not, not doing well. But I have just seen people on Twitter waxing absolutely poetic over Odubel Herrera today. <laughs> he's become a superstar. And I just, yes, he's batting well over 300. He's been a consistent guy to bat for average. The power's kind of come and gone, uh, as have the stolen bases. Uh, so, I mean, granted, I'm talking more from a fancy perspective. And I think maybe when people call him a superstar, it's more of a you know real-world sort of well-rounded view of Odubel Herrera. But I don't know. I, I, I think he's fine for fantasy, but I, I this performance does not. It's not a, a game-changer or a mind-changer for me. Yeah, he's been an on-base machine. I mean, the 340 or something batting average he has right now, and he's had a, a long – he's gotten on base, you know, at tremendous clip. Uh, the one thing – I think he only has one stolen base, if, if I remember correctly. That's a little uh, – you, you want to see more in that department. And as you said, the power comes and goes. Yeah, so, I mean, he's perfectly fine, but he's uh, – 10-12, 10, 10 or 12 team mixed leagues, um, he's not my idea of a must-start guy. I think he's a guy that I'd be happy to own, uh, but I'd be string, streaming him in and out of my lineup. It would also be based on need, too. Uh, you know, for batting average, he's, you know, steady as they come. Uh, now, this one to me is interesting. Adrian Gonzalez with a two-homer game at Cincinnati, and um, – it's he's been doing better than I would have expected. And uh, he's, he just seems to be kind of going for the power. He's striking out more, um, swinging and missing more, higher pull rate. Uh, so, you know, it definitely looks like a concerted effort on his part to, to hit for more power. And, and we've seen that so far. I'm just not sure if the total package is something that, that's worth, uh, you know, worth your time and your, your fab dollars to go after. Uh, I would say no, and here's why. He had that big game in San Diego like uh, a week ago on a Sunday. Went back home at the park. He's traditionally done well, and he had a huge game there. Last night, I mean, his career average or against Homer Bailey is like insane. I think he's got now seven or eight career homers off of him. And once again, he had another huge game. He's not a guy I foresee. You know, in in a month from now, Maybe he's rightfully a bench player, which, in my opinion, he should, for the most part, be right now. You know, start him once, twice a week at most. So if he's a bench player, is the, you foresee that uh, Jay Bruce takes over first base with Brandon Nimmo get more playing time, or you see maybe a different scenario? I mean, ideally, Met fans want that. We want to see Nimmo in the outfield. I don't know how good Jay Bruce can play first base. Uh, if that's not the option... Then it's a guy like Wilma Flores, who I'm still hoping at some point in his career can get 500 or, you know, at bats or so, 500 plus. And, you know, we know what he does against lefties. I think he was turning the corner versus righties last year as well. So the Mets have some options. I just, well, you know, I, I don't see Gonzalez being an everyday player. He shouldn't be. Yeah, I would have probably bet against it back in March that he'd still be B one at this point. So, but it's the, uh, you know, <laughs> but I mean, you know, give him crap. He's, he has produced more than I would have thought. Uh, maybe not. Uh, I, enough I to... agree, but he's, like I said, it's been a couple of huge games too. Like, yeah. 
All right. Well, that's fair, especially this early still in the season. That can matter. Uh, George Springer had a huge game. I don't think he needed that to pad his stats, but he went six for six with his eighth homer and his ninth double. I don't know if there's anything to say there, except that I just can't not mention somebody who gets six hits in a game. No, six hits is impressive. I think he raised his batting average like 28 points last last night. Yeah. Well, another sign, too, that – uh, even though we might be close to a quarter of the way into the season. It's it's not that late. Uh, big games can still change your stat line. Uh, Leonis Martin had a nice game. He uh, went, uh, well, he got two hits. He got his fifth homer, his uh, eighth double of the year against the Rangers. And he's now up to 294. Last time I talked about Martin was probably two, three weeks ago, and I said I was not buying it. Uh, now that we're a little deeper into the season, are you buying it, Matt Modica? I, I'm not maybe going to buy the average, but everything else I'll buy. And the fact that I don't see him losing playing time. I don't see anybody coming to take his job. You know, so I think he's pretty safe in that aspect. He's a guy that I don't have this year. I've always had in the past when he was kind of a thing for the power and the speed. But I didn't get any this year. And I kind of wish I did. Yeah. Uh Speed, I would figure, would be the one thing you could count on from uh, Martin. He's got he has one stolen base, and he's tried four times, so that's that's a little discouraging. Uh, so he's really either going to have to improve that or keep up keep up the hitting. Uh, now, where I think he can rely on some speed, at least in the short term, Travis Jankowski. He stole his second base. He's only been up, I think, for about a week. Uh, went two for four uh, last night. So. Um, what uh, sort of interest do you have in Jankowski? I get, and actually, uh, Matt, I think the, the more important question here is that the, the Padres finally made room for uh, Franchi Cordero by moving Jose Perella to second base. But when um, Matt Adams comes back, is there any conceivable way that you see Jankowski staying in the lineup? I mean, I don't. Uh, uh, look, the speed he has, nobody denies his speed. But uh, for me, it's only going to... Is he going to come at the cost of like a mini Margot? I'd hope not. Uh, Frenchy yeah. Cordero, I know everybody had those playing time concerns. I really didn't because I believed in the talent, and so far it's paid off. And if Will Myers can ever stay healthy this year and get back on the field, I think it's Margot, Cordero, and uh, Myers in the outfield with uh, Pirella at second as long as he yeah. can you know, adequately defend I agree. And by the way, I have a feeling I might have said Matt Adams instead of Will Myers before. So if I did, pardon me, <laughs> maybe just had Matt Adams on the brain. Um, and I normally when we do these standouts, uh, I don't talk about prospects, but I need to find somewhere in here to just make note of what Eloy Jimenez, uh, Jimenez is doing at AA Birmingham. He now has had multiple hits in seven straight games part of a larger 11-game hit streak. And over that streak, he's hitting 400 with four homers and six doubles. Uh, so I gotta think he's not long for Double A. Yeah, I, I, and the White Sox are pretty uh, a pretty aggressive organization as well. So I mean, maybe at some point in the summer, when you know this is not a good team for this year, They're building nice pieces and all that. But you know, maybe later on the summer, you just, I think a lot of teams are starting to make that move. We've seen it. Uh, with the younger kids, I think you'll start seeing a lot more teams sign players at young ages to long-term deals to try to alleviate this, uh, you know, if they're going to have the extra year or not and all that kind of stuff and arbitration and just sign players that they truly believe in. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I agree with all that, and think that there's a good chance. You know, obviously, uh, I don't think they'll leapfrog him right over over Triple A, but could see him this summer. Uh, all right, we've got just a, a handful of pitchers to talk about. A couple good ones, a couple not so good ones. Uh, the very good one was uh, Fernando Romero, six scoreless innings against the Cardinals. I shied away from him, uh, going after him in fab just generally and, and looking to him even as a two-start streamer because I feared this matchup uh, with a pretty uh, selective Cardinals lineup. He did walk three batters, but you know, can't argue with the results. Uh, so how, how are you liking Romero? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm suspect of his control. Uh, the first two outings, though, you know, there's a lot to like here. I went all in on him in my AL-only league. Uh, I just needed to do it. But in one of my main events in the NFBC, I got him for $59. And that, I thought, was a, a really good buy, considering he went for, you know, mid-100s to $200 in other leagues. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, he was going in my leagues as well. Um, now, Zach Eflin, a uh, very nice start against the Giants. And the really surprising thing here, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go out and pitch six and two thirds and not give up a run. But I am shocked to see him do that with nine strikeouts. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I was, think- I saw the stat line. I was shocked. We pretty much shamed Greg Sussman on air. He was spot starting him yesterday, and then by last night he took him out of his lineup, unfortunately. And I've been apologetic for the last, you know, however many hours. Ah, oh, man, that's rough. That's yeah, <laughs> but you must feel terrible about that. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then uh, as we're uh, set to, to wrap up here, uh, a couple of pitchers that didn't fare so well. I already mentioned Jeff Samarja, five runs over four innings on four hits and three walks uh, against the Phillies. Uh, and then Tyson Ross, and I, I watched the first, uh, I think maybe four innings of this game, so I was surprised to wake up this morning and see that he gave up five runs over six innings. Uh, so it must have unraveled for, for Ross. Uh, but uh, do these performances leave you uh, with any... New conclusions about uh, uh, Ross and Samarja. I'm still buying Ross. I mean, look, I'm buying him for what he is. Uh, you know, upside of mid threes, more high threes will get you to strike out. Samarja was injured. Cut him some slack, but he is what he is. Yeah, well, Matt, uh, that's, uh, that's all we got. So uh, looking forward to next Tuesday, and thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Al. All right, folks, have a great one. See you again tomorrow.